Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be kind of weird, Robbie, if, if Brupolo was in Anguilla. Where's Anguilla? It's in the Delta. Of course it is. I'm 61 between Vicksburg and Greenville. Okay. I have been there twice. I, I've probably been there, but, you know, all those towns kind of run together at this point. I played football at Anguilla twice, so I did. I, I remember it. Did never win there either, so. Yeah, well, like I told you, you can throw a dart at most towns in Mississippi, but especially in the Delta and find somebody that was famous from there. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. and I've looked up, the, of course, singers, there's some singers or some musicians in here, a fiddler that worked with Muddy Waters and Charlie Pride or Charlie Patton. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then uh, a singer in 1919, Robert Anderson. Nobody that really blows you away, but some talented people, nonetheless. The Mississippi Delta. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about musically. So, well, wherever you are from the Delta, we're going to talk about the Delta a little bit later. Huh? We are from the Delta to the Pine Belt, to the Gulf Coast, wherever you are in our state. If you want Strange Brew Coffee, all you've got to do is go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and they'll deliver it right to your door. Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your counter, there's coffee for it at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. I feel for you guys if you haven't already made the, the call, if you haven't made the, uh, the the statement to your family, if you, if you hadn't told them because, you know, you know, I feel bad for you when you get that soap on a rope. Uh, you know, I just do. But those of us who, who made the, the, the decision – to let our families know what we want for Father's Day, probably going to work out better for us. Probably going to get some great gear from College Corner. They have two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Florida by the Half Shell, or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Starville's best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. It's Wing Wednesday over there, and that was wings are sort of what we're talking about. Smoked wings. You've had them. You love them. They're great. But when you put a Mexican twist on them, which is what they've done in Humble Taco, it takes them to a, a whole nother level. And that's nother with an N, not another. Nother. That's how you know it's really good when you're dropping letters off of, of words to describe them. So next time you're here in Starville or if you're in Starville all the time, you need to head over to Humble Taco to grab some Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Looking for a lunch idea today? Why not Firehouse Subs? Download the free Firehouse Subs app. It's free. Did I mention that it's free? Also, follow Firehouse Subs on Twitter. Twitter is another app. It is also free. And following Firehouse Subs on Twitter is free. And you can get 
free stuff. Free sandwiches when you pile up the reward points every time you order with your app. And if you're following them on Twitter, they're giving away free things all the time. So do those two things, and you can be eaten for free more often than not. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Floyd and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. Robbie Falk, it's always uh, great to talk to you. I want, to, I want to start off with that. Oh, thanks. I enjoy your presence as well, Brian. Well, thank you. Uh, a lot to talk about today. We've got some recruiting news we'll get to in just a moment. We've got an SEC preview today, the Auburn Tigers, which will, I always have fun when that's the team. But not an, Auburn, not an Auburn Tigers fan, are you? I have made a small fortune, <laughs> I guess you could say. I have made a, a, a business out of believing that Auburn is what it is, and that is a perennial four-loss or worse team. They have been See, that way every year since well, 2014. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. It, it usually works out like this. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, they win seven or eight games, and then someone will have their job on the line, and they'll compete for the SEC West. This year, I do not expect that to happen. But under Gus Malzahn, it was like, you know, he would be mediocre for a couple of years. He's on the hot seat, and then he competes for a national title for the SEC West or something. And that, like, it just seemed like it worked out that way. I, I'm I'm kind of you with Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Every year, I'm like, just prove it. I mean, I see on the message board all the time. Oh well, they have the money. They they finally got a coach now. They got the money. They can do. They can be a, a perennial national champion. Prove it. I had. We, I had we a- haven't seen it. We have not seen it since they've been in the SEC. They've been incredibly mediocre, with the exception of two years ago, when their only loss was to Alabama, and they come back last year and they were mediocre again. I had a debate yesterday with a friend, uh, and by yesterday I mean Sunday, where he just automatically chalked up A&M as a loss for Mississippi State. I was like, State beat them last year. He was like, yeah, but they're just so much more talented. I'm like, they were more talented last year. They were more talented in just about every year like, that they played They've won five out of eight since Manziel left. What, what are we talking? They're five and five total since A&M got in the conference. Why is that? Their roster, their roster has been more talented than Mississippi State every single time they've played. Maybe in 14 it was close. Maybe, yeah. but that well, was they, were, they still were probably more talented from a star standpoint. Well, I mean, they had the number one overall pick in the draft on that roster. Yes. And Miles Garrett. So, yes. Yes, but, you know, whatever. But, it, it, what, but what you're saying is these two teams are very comparable. Mm-hmm. They both get plenty of talent, and they both underperform for the most part. And they have, you know, this is a team that – this is a program that has as much wealth as anybody else in the SEC. Yeah, very well, very wealthy uh, base. Well, more wealth than almost anybody in the country outside of like your Ivy League schools. Outside of Texas, they, they probably don't have more money than Texas, do they? You know, you say that. I think it's probably closer than you think, and and it might actually be ahead. It might be. They, they, have, they probably have more, they probably have Texas, more oil money than Texas does. Well, that's where the A and M guys are the oil money. So we'll get into all that in a little bit, but it but it sort of leads into our discussion that we're going to have here about the schedule because, uh, you know, obviously last week or two weeks ago at the SEC meetings, that was the big topic. We talked about it some on this show. The 1-7 versus the 3-6. Do you go to the extra conference game? Do you keep the 1-7 model and keep your power five out of conference game? What's best for the SEC versus what's best for Mississippi State? I asked John Cohen about that on, um, I think that was Thursday's 
Either Thursday or Wednesday's Sports Talk Mississippi. John Cohen will be on the podcast with me uh, a little later this week. We'll maybe go into a little bit more depth about trying to, you know, the, the balance between what's good for the conference versus what's good for each school. That's kind of a, an Adam Smith kind of thing happening there. Um, Hopefully that uh, interview is not the dud that the last one was. We're not to redo it because there's only one athletic director. Yeah, I get, I get Rhett. See how that goes. <laughs> Thanks I, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about John Cohen wanting to talk about comparing ourselves to professional wrestlers. <laughs> the, the, you know. Also, later this week, Michael Borky will join me to talk about the egg ball. <laughs> I sealed that up today. Um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, we're on opposite sides of this debate. You are a fan of the 3-6. I am staunchly in favor of the 1-7. Um, I don't really care. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not you know directly opposed to either one of them. I, I'm you know it doesn't really bother me. Okay. Well, then. I think I said last time that I kind of liked the the three six, mm-hmm. but I mean it's, it's whatever. I'm I just I'm just a fan of college. You know, SEC. What what's about to happen with the SEC? Some of the things I keep seeing from people, and it's not just on on Gene's page. It's on a bunch of different spots. It's people I talk to. There just feels like there's some misconceptions about what would happen in the three six. One thing I keep seeing over and over again is like, it's better to have these SEC games than these FCS teams. Guys, those those games are going to remain on the schedule. Yeah, state will still play FCS teams every season, depending on no, no matter how many comp power. The non conference schedule is going to get weaker. Right, much weaker because you're going to lose that uh, power five. FBS team that you play every year. So you you are a fan of the three permanents? No, I'm a fan of the one permanent, seven rotating. Okay. Keeping, I, I would um, prefer to keep it at eight conference games and keep a, a power five non-conference because I feel like you can be pickier in who you play. You don't have to play Michigan and Ohio State, USC, and, 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 and things like that. You can play like states playing, Arizona State, Minnesota, Texas Tech. I know Texas Tech just beat the hell out of Mississippi State, but you know what I'm saying. Yes. I prefer that. I don't think that's going to win. I think 3-6 is going to win because at the end of the day, and, and this is true about every facet of life, the powerful get what they want. Alabama, Georgia, these teams, they want to play 3-6. Uh, and in reality, it's kind of interesting because those are the schools, I think, LSU could put in there, Florida. They would, they would continue to play a Power 5 outside the SEC. I think they would be playing 10 non-conference games or 10 Power 5 games a year, nine conference and one out of conference, because they're still going to continue to play those kickoff classic games. Yeah. You're still going to see games with Alabama versus Ohio State and you know Georgia and Oregon or those games like you're seeing this year. Now, today on the message board, that's what got me talking, thinking about this. Uh, David Murray reported that He's got some sources saying that it looks like uh, Texas A&M and Oklahoma, or sorry, Texas and Oklahoma will try to move up. And instead of coming in in 2025, they'll come in in 2024. If that is indeed the case, what works for Mississippi State in that situation is you're out of that your cycle of Power Five games. What I mean is, State plays at Arizona this year. They have Arizona at home in 2023. 2024 starts a new series. Instead of having to play at Arizona State and then cancel the home game against Arizona State, 
2025 when you go to nine conference games, you can just cancel the series with Arizona State. And then you're playing, you know, your 2024 schedule will be nine conference games, Eastern Kentucky, Utah State, and UMass. Some enthralling games there for sure. Um, yes. That's going to be – that's what State's going to have to do. I, I am hopeful. I'm not, uh, posit- I'm not po- optimistic, though, that if they can cancel these series before any games are played, then maybe they can get out without a huge financial penalty. But right now, State's looking at canceling games with Arizona State, Minnesota, Texas Tech, and Washington State. They have non-conference games scheduled from 2024 to 2031 that, quite frankly, I guess they're going to have to get out of. But if you go to if you keep the one seven, if you keep eight conference games, you don't have to get rid of those games. In reality, Robbie, if they have to cancel those games, that could be a couple, a few million dollars that the university has to pay out and buy. Them. Well, in, in that case, would they not just play those games and cancel a game against, you know? Ball State or whatever. Well, now we're talking about Mississippi State playing 10 Power 5 games in one season. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough, but is it worth canceling a game to play, you know, a lesser team and losing, um, you know, millions of dollars? Well, that's the question that John Cohen and company would have to answer. Do we want to pay these buyouts or do we want to play 10 Power 5 games and dramatically – decrease our chances of postseason play, both of those decisions cost you money. Well, unless you win. Unless you win, which, you know. I mean, these are not juggernauts to, uh, by any means. I mean, Minnesota not, would be a, is going to be a good team. They, they aren't juggernauts, but state split with Kansas State. And uh, they only played the one game against NC State. But I feel pretty confident, based on what I saw in 2020, that if they had to go it. to Raleigh, they would have lost. Yeah. So, I mean, I State so is, is splitting these series thus far. Now, they have a great chance with Arizona because this is not a good Arizona team that you're going to be playing to go out there and get the win and then come back. But you felt like that with Kansas State, too. You went to Kansas State first. You blew them out, Moorhead's first year. Then they come to Starkville the next year, and, and, and they won the game. It's all about what's make, makes – again, it's about what's better for State versus the conference. I mean, it's about making your life easier. Eight, eight conference games and a Power 5 game against a mid-tier Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC team, always better than nine conference games and certainly better than nine conference games and that Power 5 game. That's, that's, a, that's, that's tough. That's tough for anybody, let alone Mississippi State. It would be tough. but I, I mean, I think there's just something, there's something to be said about there's – there's a difference in being a power five school and being in a good power five school. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these teams might be power five teams, but they're not exactly setting the world on fire. I mean, there might be a group, a group of five team that's tougher than some of the teams that they might play. I don't know. I mean, we'll see down the stretch. So, you know, I, it's a tough decision to make. I mean, you lose money by canceling a series or you potentially add another really difficult game on a schedule that's already going to be incredibly difficult. Mm. Um, you, you need those non-conference ball games. You need those. You need to win three. You need to make sure you absolutely win three non-conference games at least every year. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, you need to win four of them uh, with the type of schedule that you play. So, you know, I, sacrificing a win to save some money would be would would not be beneficial for Mississippi State. And I feel 
I feel like Mississippi State fans are a little too chest out for this. And what I mean by that is there's so much, you know, if we can't win these, you know, we don't deserve. Well, guys, you're not the ones out there sweating in August and during practice. The bowl games are for the players. That's their reward. Now, granted, Memphis in December, not a fantastic reward. But when you go eight and four and you get to go to Tampa or you get to go to Jacksonville, or if you really do well and you get, you know, you, you go nine wins and you can get to go to one of the better bowls, that's the reward. It's, it's for them. It's not, it's not for you so much. So when it's I kind of like, you know, music at games and jerseys. Yeah. Those, those aren't for the 55 year old man. Right. Well, I take that. I disagree with you on music for, at games, but I'll, I'll, that's another thing. Well, I'm, I'm mostly talking about pregame, you know. Oh, I mean, during games, yeah. during games, yeah, during you're, games, you're probably right, but. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. it, 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 we're getting off track. Um, if I'm a Mississippi State athletic official, I want Mississippi State in bowl games. You know, I, I, I always have agreed with what – I know he's not popular, but what Scott Strickland said was, you know, we talk about Power 5 teams, I'd rather play them in December than in September. Totally agree with that 100%. I'd rather be in bowl games than have a non-conference game on campus or a trip to – Minneapolis or wherever it is, the University of Minnesota. Is. That's why he apologized for scheduling. I didn't agree with okay. that, but regardless. <laughs> I just, for me, I think the 1-7, keep Ole Miss, seven different games every year, which is that, that in and of itself is cool, right? Seven, I mean, the conference thing turns over every year like that. That's cool. I'm a fan of that. You keep your power five games, so you keep some of these intriguing matchups, but they're manageable. They're games that you feel like you, you know you are you have the power to schedule them, as opposed to every year instead of you know people keep. I saw something. I'd rather play Texas than Texas State. Well, that's not it's not that's not what it is. I'm still going to play Texas State. It's whether you'd rather play Texas or Minnesota. Yeah, you know, it's simple yeah. as that. Yeah, and two, it, it depends on who, what the schedule is, like who they're playing. Mm-hmm. And we and, also have to remember that uh, if we go, to, if you go to nine, you're going to have years where you you have more road games than home games. Yeah, every season you're going to have everybody. Every somebody's going to have. There's, there's five, no way around that. Going to have four. Yeah, there's no way around that. You know, your first, and l- let's just sort of look at it. Let's let's look at it from the perspective of what you were just talking about, right? So, 2024, let's say State drops the game with UMass, all right? Or, or, or let's just, just pick them, right? So, State keeps Eastern Kentucky at Arizona State and then Utah State. And now State gets the five road games. They, they're, they're, they're on the unlucky side of the coin. So that means your first, your first year doing this, you got your six and six for road games and home games. Whereas if you, you get rid of the power five game, you get it's it's seven and five. You have seven home games. Again, talking about money, what's the price of a home game? What's the what's the what's what's you know? There's just so many things. There's so many different strings attached to all of this. I'm I'm, I'm very interested to see, and I guess it's going to be another year. How the conference decides to handle all this. I, I imagine that next spring, when they go to the spring meetings, we will have a uh, a, de- a decision made on what the scheduling is going to look like, and probably we'll we'll start knowing about it before those meetings. But 
there's a lot of like a lot of dominoes, I guess, that are going to get toppled one way or the other. People and people across the country are going to be upset. I mean, if you're Arizona State's athletic director, you think you've got a, a marquee matchup against a decent SEC team coming to your stadium in 2024? Possibility you're not going to get that at all. They're probably not going to just be like, okay, we'll just you know let them out of the contract. They're going to want something. So I'm fascinated to see how, how this 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 turns out. Yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, decision that has to be made here, and. You can make uh, points for for either scheduling a possibility, uh, but like I said last time we talked about this, I just I don't think there's a wrong way. Really, I think for Mississippi State, they could probably benefit from a one seven, mm-hmm. um, but the three six sounds so intriguing to me too. Yeah, I get it. And and, and you know. Those, those schools are going to be mad, but Mississippi State's got to do what they got to do. I mean, this is exactly. the bottom line is they have to get to a bowl game consistently, and they've done it every year since 2010. They have to continue to do that. This this program relies on that. Yeah. So the easiest way to do that is dropping some of these Power Five games because the risk is much greater. I mean, the, the those teams have a much more greater possibility of being re- pretty good to really good. Mm-hmm. As you know, Tennessee Tech, right? You know, or Jackson State. The other good news for State is if they do have to, pay, whatever they have to pay out to whoever in twenty twenty four, they're making a lot more money because that's when the new SEC deal starts. Another forty fifty million dollars a year. So you have that money at least. You're not having to you know borrow it or anything. But again, and I've said this before on Sports Talk, I'll say it here: it's all about money. It's all about money, and whatever decision makes the most financial sense is the decision that's going to get made for everybody. So, yeah. All right. Before we uh, go to the commercial break, All right, we talked about it on yesterday's show, and now we're starting to see the uh, the first uh, effects of it. Dante Kelly, 6'3", 203-pound athlete from LaFleur County High School over in Itabina, uh, Mississippi, has committed to Mississippi State. 6'3", 203. Robbie, linebacker? Safety, probably. Oh, I can't. Could, could grow into a linebacker. I'm about to say, in a college weight program, you can't convince me he's not going to put on 30 pounds. Uh, you just don't know. I mean, I don't know how his body handles weight or yeah. how. I mean, we thought that Emmanuel Forbes was going to put on 40 pounds. And, That's a good point. I mean, you just don't know. He's still thin uh, as a promise. I'm pretty sure they've, that, that he's been talked to as a um, safety. So, I mean, I, some big DBs in the state of Mississippi this year. I mean, between him and uh, who's the kid we're talking about? It's Kelly Jones. Kelly Jones. Six Another four. Kelly. I mean, these are these are big, big, athletic-looking kids. And it sort of goes back to what I said yesterday about Mississippi athletes being sort of underrated. Project this guy. I mean, he's 6'3 and 200 pounds. If he can run at all, I mean, that's, that's what you want. That's an NFL body. If he's got any, you know, ability, he's going to be a good player for you. Tony Hughes is the lead recruiter for this kid. That's not a surprise. 
The Delta has always been good to Mississippi State. We were just talking about that a minute ago. State has forever been getting great players from the Delta and turning them into stars here at Mississippi State. I'm interested to see this this Delta group. It looks like State's going to do well there and maybe get three or four of the top prospects uh, from that area, and this kid's just one of them. Yeah, he and the, all this group was on campus the other day. Really athletic group, um, a good sized group too. And you mentioned Tony Hughes. You got to give Rod Gibson some credit here too. He's done a really good job on those Delta guys, as he does on a, a lot of these in-state players. And I, I think that you get athletes like this, and you just figure out what to do with them when they get here. I mean, this is too good of an athlete. Not not a ton of offers, not not any big name offers. I mean, Vanderbilt's been in on him. Um, I think Memphis, Arkansas State, teams like that. But um, a, a kid that if he was seen a little more, I think would would get a ton of more offers. But he's just kind of hidden. I mean, he's in two way football in the Delta, and just doesn't get seen a whole lot. And he's you know a lot of these Delta kids. They are they, they want to stay home. They like Mississippi State. They like the coaches. And I, I just I feel like this is a guy that is going to be part of that Delta group that kind of gets the ball rolling here for Mississippi State in this class. But two, I don't know if they have to rush on all these Delta guys either. I mean, yeah. there's not a ton of offers on their offer list. They're not players that that, you know, they have a you know t- a clock ticking on their commitment. So I mean they don't have to rush, but at the same time, if you're going to take them anyway, you could go ahead and get that uh, that momentum rolling. But I think this is a good get for them. I think he's a guy that could definitely help you in a couple of years. Yeah, it's interesting to see how the coaches will handle that. Do they want to just go ahead and get some guys in the boat and try to get some momentum, or do you you slow play it and, and just sort of see where it where it takes you? Uh, that that'll be interesting to uh, to see. Steve Robertson on twenty four seven saying may not be the only one today, so we're recording two fifteen. On Monday, you know, could be another one that we have to talk about, I guess, on, on Wednesday or Thursday show. Uh, we will see. Uh, let's move on into the SEC preview. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. If you're cooking out this weekend, if you're cooking out anytime, you definitely want to check out some beef and beef products. Why? Because they're awesome. I mean, who, who's, who's turning down a steak? That's what I want to know. Everybody wants steak. Vegetarians, vegans, they want steak. They just won't tell you about it. Just believe it. So next time you're at the grocery store, if you're at the butcher shop, tell them, hey, cut me a ribeye, cut me some fillets. I'm putting those on the grill this weekend. Your whole family will thank you. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked southern soul food. I say it every show. I tell you how great it is. The good news is you're listening. Every week, Robbie and I get somebody's tweeting at us. Somebody's letting us know, hey, I went to Two Brothers, and you guys were right. It's fantastic. Well, first off, thank you for uh, patronizing our sponsors. But two, I mean, we weren't kidding. We weren't kidding. There's a reason Robbie and I eat there as often as we do. It's not because they're, put, they're, they're paying us to do that. Yeah. <laughs> we show up because the food's good. And, and we don't get free stuff. Yeah, we we're not get free stuff. Yeah, we're, we don't we're get paying free stuff in over there. We, we pay our bill. And I'm happy to do so because the food is so awesome at Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products, great service. It's what it's all about when you have a business. Everybody offers it, but who really delivers it? 
Well, here's a test. Has the business that's saying they have great products and great service been around for 47 plus years? If they have, probably take them at their word. And that's what Advantage Business Systems does for you. You're talking about Mississippi people, your neighbors. That's who you're doing business with when you call the number. That's who you're talking to. You're not worried about catching a, getting on, on hold and being dealing with some call center and some out-of-state contractor. None of that. None of it. Mississippi people doing business with Mississippi people. That's what it's all about. Call them today and find out what they can do for you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. SEC preview time, the Auburn Tigers. Brian, before you start this. Yes. Um, completely unrelated, but I just wanted to have a quick conversation. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I don't know if you saw my tweet about USC baseball. Yes, I saw I, I was just – I, you know, I think our friend Teddy Cahill might have tweeted something about they were looking for a coach, and I I had just completely forgotten about them. How have they fallen off the map like this? This is a team that had – they had the most na- national championships in baseball across any of the NCAA's baseball teams. Mm-hmm. Twelve national championships. They've been in the College World Series like 20-something times. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen to this. Since 2001, which was the last time that they went to the College World Series, they have had three winning seasons. In 21 years, they've had three winning seasons. Not, not, it's kind of weird, right? They've been to the NCAA tournament twice during that time. They've been to one Super Regional. They've been ranked twice during that time. Yeah. They have completely – Falling off the map. They dominated in the 70s. They had some really good years in the 80s. Their last national championship was 98. Mm-hmm. But with that, you know, they have the resources there. They should be able to recruit good players. It, sh- it should be a place where you get good coaches in. But they are just completely done. I mean, well, they, I mean they are they're, dead. They're, they're sort of like Texas football. I mean, yeah, but the Texas football continues to to produce money, and they continue to. Oh yeah, money, but wins? No, not so much. Well, I wouldn't compare them in in the slightest here because this team has had one winning season in sixteen. Oh, I, years. I mean, they haven't been as bad for sure. But so you look at USC from sixty eight to seventy four, seven years they won six national titles. They won six. They won out of five seven. in a row. They, they won, won five, five in a row. In in row. And then one again in 78. And then, like you said, since then, they've just fallen off the map. And there's really no uh, great explanation for it. That's Do you think it's maybe people, other teams, other conferences started? Starting recruiting players. You saw programs out in California have gotten better at baseball. Never mind yeah. like UCLA and Stanford. Cal State Fullerton has won a national title. Pepperdine has won a national title. Santa Barbara is always good. Uh, Long Beach State. Long Beach really State good. is usually pretty good. So, and then, like you said, Texas, Georgia, not, I'm sorry, not Georgia, Texas, Arkansas, State, uh, LSU, they go into California and get players. It's just different. It's just a different. Also, you got to remember back in the day, like, wasn't the College World Series kind of sort of set up regionally? So sometimes you might not even be playing the best teams. It wasn't the eight best teams, it was just who won their region. I believe so. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, there was like a South regional and a East regional and stuff like it that. It really was regional. It wasn't just uh, 
Yeah, you know, st- I mean, well, they, they weren't sending Southern Cal to the South Regional is what I'm trying to say. Well, actually, they were. They they did go to the South Regional. There, really? It, yeah, that they, they. I mean, they they did it kind of like it is now, but it was like eight teams, I think. Okay. Um, because uh, yes, they're in the South Regional in 1990 and 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, and state's been. No, I think I'm talking about back in the 70s when 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 this was happening. Well, I, I don't know about that, but there—I yeah. mean, there was South Regionals in the '80s and '90s, yeah, yeah, yeah. just no, like no, there was no, in the no, '70s. I, I, I don't I know, know what the setup. I'm talking about when Southern Cal was winning the College World Series back then. Like they weren't sending Southern teams out west and sending Western teams. They weren't doing that back then. Are you saying like in the College World Series they were not? They were no, in the regionals. Like the regionals yeah, I mean, were I, actually regional. Like you would just take the best teams from the West, the best teams from the South. And they'd play each other, and the winner of that regional would go to the. But that being said, if whoever the you know, the sixth best team in the West might not have been any good, they were just the yeah. sixth best team well, in the West. And in, in fairness, they still had to go to the College World Series and, oh, yeah. and face the best teams from the South and the East. If that's if that's what's happened, yeah. But getting there, you're correct. If, the, if that's what the setup was, they might not be playing the same competition. But I did it's just forget how long that guy coached, by the way. He won a national title in 1958 and won a national title in 1978. And he was, yeah, he was coaching in the 40s too, apparently. Let's see here. Well, it, they won a national title, according to this, what I'm looking at, in 48 with Sam Barry as their head coach. And so I don't know when Dudo took over. I guess I could look well, that up. Well, it says 1942, Sam Barry and Rod Dudo. And then from 43 to 45, he was coaching. I guess he, he didn't coached the during, the, during the war or something. I, don't, I didn't know they played sports during the war. And then, it, and then from 46 to 50, it says Sam Barry and Rod Dudo. It's like they were bouncing back and forth. Really weird. I don't know. It's just, anyway. it's just a weird situation. Yeah. Let's move over to Auburn. Okay. So Auburn, looking at their schedule, obviously going to probably start off 2-0. and I mean, I say probably. They're going to start off 2-0, Mercer and San, San Jose State. Then they have the first CBS game of the year. Uh, they Penn State comes to Jordan-Hare Stadium. They lost that game up there last year. Honestly, Robbie, I think they're going to lose it again. I don't know. It's you know That's a tough place to play. They usually play really well at home. They do. And, you know, how is, how is Penn State going to handle that atmosphere? I don't know. I've... I, I'm I'm so torn on this one, and I don't know how good Penn State is. I haven't even looked at their team this year in the off season. Same as always. I, I think I'm going to go with with Auburn in this game. Actually, okay. I am not. I'm going to go with uh with what sort I'm looking for with uh, Penn State. The eternal Auburn pessimist. I know. I don't worry about Penn State in a rough environment. They play at Michigan and Ohio State and Wisconsin all the time. I mean, they, they, yeah, they, but I mean, how many of those are they winning? They win. They do okay. I mean, they're not at Ohio State, but they 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 go into to Wisconsin and Michigan and play okay. I mean, Penn State's a good team year in year out. So I'll have them two good and B plus player. Do I now? A good B plus player. <laughs> it's a it's a good little spot for them. So you'll have them four and zero, and I'll have them three and one when they take on uh, Missouri uh, the week after Penn State. Then the LSU comes to town. This is an interesting game, kind of a swing game for both teams in the season, right? Not sure what LSU's record's going to be. We haven't done them yet. 
Uh, Auburn, I say three and one. They're three and two at this point. You can just go ahead and start packing up Brian Harson's thing. Let's let's go ahead and get the hot board ready for Brian Harson. Right. Because if, they're, if they're they screwed on the back half of the schedule. If they lose this game, then I mean, with in your you know, four and one, they're still okay. Right. Yeah, and I, I do have I think LSU's gonna win this game. At Auburn, but we'll see how that goes. I'll, I'll take I'll take LSU as well. So Neither team. Three. I mean, who is going to be Auburn's quarterback? Zach Calzada, Calzada and TJ Finley. I mean, neither one of those guys oh. can scare you, right? They are they are really kind of striking out on the quarterbacks of late. Yeah, Bo Nix was just supposed to be the savior, and okay. didn't work out, and they haven't really recruited a guy since then. I mean, the last really good quarterback they had was Nick Marshall. Is that right? Trying to think who they had between. I mean, so they had Jeremy Johnson. We all know who that. Well, was. the Heisman Trophy candidate. Yeah. Who was their quarterback in, in seventeen when they won the West? Um, I don't remember. Wasn't Bo Nix? That Bo Nix was a freshman in eighteen, I think, or nineteen. I don't remember who that quarterback uh, was, but they, but they won the. Oh, it was Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham had a good first year, but his second year he was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They they haven't, and that's why they don't win. When when did Auburn win the national title? 2010. What did they have? Maybe the best quarterback in the history of college football for one season. Yeah, yeah. So that, he he would have been he would have been totally worth 180 thousand dollars. By the way, he would have been worth 300 thousand dollars. He would have been. Imagine what his million. price would be in today's age. We were oh, talking an NIL five deal. We're talking five million. Five. Six. That's interesting. You're talking about what the price would be knowing what he was going to become. Coming out of junior college with an arrest on his record, I don't know if it's as much as you think. It's probably well, – it's not the millions. I, I think the word had gotten out at that point like that he was going to be really good because he had I, killed it I at Blinn. I don't disagree. Like the, only reason he didn't, the only reason he didn't stay at Florida was the, was the legal oh, yeah, troubles. Yeah. He would have taken over T-Bow, yeah. If we, knew, if we knew now what we knew – well, we didn't know then mm-hmm. about what, you know, the fact that if you have him on your team, you're probably going to win a national championship. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, you're right. You're I right. mean, uh, I don't know what the Bulldog initiative would have been. I mean, you, you just – he he wouldn't even be considering Mississippi State, well, I don't I, think. Yeah, you know, you're, you're correct. Alabama would be on him. I mean, I mean, everybody would be on it. But So I've got Auburn at three and two. You've got him at four and one. I'm going to have them at three and three because the next week they play the Deep South's oldest rivalry and they get, they travel to Georgia. Honestly, Robbie, if they're three and three at this point, they might just go ahead and fire Harson. Dude, they are playing what six home games in their first eight. Home, 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 away, away, home. Yes, they get eight home games. Uh, uh yes. They're only road Eight home games. games and four road games. That's... They're only road games. Well, I mean, State has is going to have a year like that. Is it next year? I don't know. But I that's. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, this, the schedule's the schedule still goes their way as far as the yes. Next year, home State, games all, all of State's non-conference games next year are at home, and they'll have four conference games. The problem for them is these games that sometimes they have a chance in, like Alabama and mm-hmm. Georgia and teams like that. Those are on the road, yeah. And then like, and then a couple of games that could be uh, toss-up games: Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Those are on the road. I think all four games on the road are games that you want to play at home. I think if you go back to like 2011, the Iron Bowl has gone. When it's in Auburn, it's a really close game. 
And when it's in Alabama, they blow them out. Alabama blows yeah. them out. So, and that's going to happen this year. That's Har- Harson's going to be done at that point. I mean, this is going to be a massacre. Yeah, four and two, three and three. They got to go to Ole Miss. I'm taking Ole Miss in this. I think it's so weird. The last two years, you know, two years ago, you remember Ole Miss got screwed by the officials. I know y'all all hate to hear that, but it happened. Then yep. last year, Corral was was injured in this game and didn't play at a hundred percent. And Auburn. This was probably Auburn's best win last year. They dominated Ole Miss in that game. Well, it could have been a lot. You, though. It, w- it would have been – it probably would have swung Ole Miss's way if Corral had been healthy, yeah. Yeah. I'll take Ole Miss to win. Yeah, I think so, three too. Four. Ooh, it's getting ugly, Robbie. Mm. I'm definitely going to have three and five, and you'll have them four and four because they play Auburn next. I'm sorry, they play Arkansas next. And that's at Auburn, but I think, I think Arkansas, Arkansas is just going to – Yeah, better. I think Arkansas is going to win that game. Travel to Mississippi State. I definitely will take State to win that. Yes. You get a bye. No, they don't get a bye. They don't have a bye. Their, their bye is uh, between Ole Miss so, and Arkansas. Does Texas A&M – I thought Texas A&M played Alabama after State. Did they play them before? Texas A&M plays Alabama the weekend after Mississippi State. Matt, that's not right because they're on this schedule they're playing – Oh, no, no, no. I've – I'm sorry. I've screwed myself up. Auburn plays Mississippi State and then A&M. Not, right. Okay. Sorry. I'm State, sorry. I'm sorry. A&M plays State and then Alabama. Yeah, I'm, that's a complete screw up on my part. Just ignore that. So, but we're taking and, losses in both of these games for – Yeah. For I have Auburn, Auburn. At three and seven at this point. <laughs> Four and seven, and you'd have them five and six when they beat Western Kentucky. But why, I'm going to tell you something right now. Two things. All right, first off, Auburn should be in complete give-up mode at this point, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of offense does Western Kentucky run? Do you know? I don't know. They run the air raid. Remember Bailey Zappi last year threw for fi- over 5,000 yards. That's right. That's a dangerous Ooh. game for Auburn. That could be the low point. I'll take them yeah, to win, it, but... And, you know, they're going to be... You know, if they are what we think they're going to be at that point, it's, hmm? you know, the, the morale is going to be... Comp- you know, completely shot. That's what I'm Everybody's saying. Yeah. Be, and you know, Auburn's kind of like LSU sometimes. Like when things are bad, they're really bad. Like yes. it's dis- dysfunctional. You know, you got boosters that are trying to control things. The fan base turning on each other, turning on the coaches. Auburn and LSU are a lot alike when that stuff happens. I like I could see this thing just completely Ireland. blowing up in their face, especially if they've got an interim coach at this point, which is likely. You think they'll fire him in the middle of the season? At, they might fire him at three and three. I think so. I, I can't wait to see like the videos and social media posts by Auburn, like you know, this is our coach, stuff like that pre preseason, like, and then they fire him coach. in mid October. Yeah, A- after you've you've tried to to stage this coup or whatever you were doing last year, trying to find a new coach, you couldn't find a new coach. So you're like, okay, I guess we'll take you back, Brian, if you don't mind coming back over here and coaching with us, right? And then I think we both agree Alabama will beat their brains in. Yes, that's going to be that's going to be absolutely brutal. So I've got them four and eight, and you've got them five and seven. Yes, not good. Not I, good. And I think they can win. I think they can win six. I will say this: the schedule is where tough. you really give up on Auburn are usually the years where they're pretty good. Well, it's kind of like what I said earlier. Like when you think everything's just going to blow up in their face, they right. actually find they're a good. way. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. We'll see. Four and eight, five and seven. 
right. And Brian Harson pulled the uh, Mike Bianco and get himself an extension this year by being better than expected. They're about to give Mike Bianco a four-year extension here after this. By the way, after we we picked we picked him to to be losing his job. Never listened to after. Us. Well, I mean, everybody. I mean, it was clear as day. I mean, that we had Ole Miss beat writers were writing stories on. There were hot on, boards getting put together. Yeah, no, I mean, it was happening. Yeah. All right, so four and eight Auburn, five and seven for Robbie. In the East, we've done Georgia and Kentucky. Who are we doing next week? Should we just get Vanderbilt uh, out of the damn way? Yes, let's just go ahead and talk about do, that. I mean, we'll no, do the other. What are we going ten, two and ten? Spoiler alert: one and eleven. We'll see what happens. So. <laughs> All right, tomorrow's show is the rumblings. You know what to do. Get the questions in. Uh, Thursday, we'll talk about the Egg Bowl again. Michael Borky will join us, uh, and he will, uh, he'll, he'll give us a more detailed uh, look at that game. <laughs> um, we'll probably have some more recruiting news to talk about uh, as well. Uh, something, something, there's something else. Oh, and I said, I got my interview with John Cohen uh, as well. So we'll, we'll have that, and you know, we'll talk about what he tells us. I want to talk to him about facilities, scheduling, a few other things that are on my mind uh, for Mississippi State. We'll figure it all out. Guys, have a great Tuesday. Robbie and I will be back with you on Wednesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.